listening to the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast. Poe Forevermore Radio Theater, bringing you thrilling tales of mystery and imagination. Adaptations and original stories from the works of Poe and from classic and contemporary authors. And now, the producer and star of Poe Forevermore Radio Theater, Mark Redfield. Our story concerns a building, a modest, tiny little brick house, where one of America's most famous writers once lived for a brief time in his brief life. It concerns itself with ghosts, both the supernatural and the historic kind. What are haunted houses? Are they bad places that draw from the psychic energy of the living and of the dead? Are haunted houses the unlucky places where tormented spirits must wander until some revenge or some restitution is made that will quiet their souls and allow them to finally rest in peace? Oh, the house in our story. The Poe House in Baltimore. A quiet, unassuming building on the west side of the metropolis, built around 1830, where Edgar Allan Poe once lived with his family from about 1833 to 1835. For over a hundred years it was a private residence, rented to poor families of every stripe. The house opened to the public by the Poe Society of Baltimore as a museum in 1948, and then, decades later, was operated by the City of Baltimore under the control of the Baltimore City Commission for Historical and Architectural Preservation from about 1979, until the city of Baltimore took the funding away and closed it September 28, 2012. It's now operated again by a private group, and its fate, as always with these things, depends upon raising enough money from the public to keep its doors open. Our story takes place in the year 1938. 1938. The year Superman first appeared in Action Comics. The year Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party took control of Germany. The year Thornton Wilder's play Our Town opened on Broadway. Howard Hughes flew around the world in a record 91 hours. The Yankees won the 35th World Series. In 1938, President Franklin Roosevelt lights the eternal flame at the Gettysburg battlefield. At fall, Orson Welles would scare America with his radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. While in Hollywood, MGM is filming The Wizard of Oz, and Vivian Lee has been announced to star as Scarlett O'Hara in the film of Margaret Mitchell's popular novel, Gone with the Wind. When you hear my voice again, I'll be playing John Sullivan, an average fellow as far as it comes to Edgar Allan Poe, meaning that he had to read The Raven in high school like the rest of us, and that's about all he knows of the poet and inventor of the detective story. Does John Sullivan believe in ghosts? Well, after you hear him tell you about his experiences, and remember, he's the only witness to the events he'll tell us about, you'll have to make up your own mind and decide for yourself. Baltimore, 1938, an unusually cold October day. Our story begins in the bowels of City Hall. Stella Sullivan and Ralph Henderson, two members of the Poe Society, are hoping to move mountains with little more than faith among members of the Department of Planning and the Mayor's Office. Listen, 
We all have our pet projects, but we're talking about progress here. Much needed progress on the west side of town. The Department of Planning has made this clear to your group, the, the Poe Society, is it that we must proceed with the demolition of the rotten buildings on Amity Street without further delay and on schedule. This public housing project is already It's a little abundant. place, a small building. Surely the city can make an exception and spare it from the wrecking ball. Where's Mr. Plunk Mr. from the Plunk Department of Planning? I thought he was going to be you here. You must understand, Miss Sullivan, and please relay this to the other members of the Poe Society. We deeply sympathize. Mm. And the mayor, has actually he actually happens to be an admirer of Edgar Allan Poe. Why, why he said to me just this morning that he had to uh, memorize a poem about the talking raven in school as a boy. But we, the mayor have made commitments, signed contracts, and have spent a great deal of money on this new project, and those buildings on Amity Street must come down. Come down they must, and they are set for demolition this week. It's not like we're talking about a great American writer like uh, Mark Twain or... Um, but all we need um, is a little more time. I mean, surely a few days to stop the destruction of a house of such historic significance as the house where Edgar Allan Poe once lived. Surely just a few days. Why, why didn't you come to us sooner, Miss Sullivan? This public housing project's been in the works for some time now. Now, well, you heard about this from the article in the Sun Papers. We've been back trying in June. to get a meeting with the city since then, and everybody's always out or on some vacation. And if it wasn't for Mr. Smith here twisting everybody's Mr. arm, hmm. twisting well, everybody's really arm, we might not have gotten any meeting until the whole block and the Poe House was long torn down. Mr. Smith, you were about to say something a moment ago about Mr. Plunk. London. Jack London, that's the fella. Yes, he's away this week. Unfortunately, he's been called... And that's another thing I wanted to understand. But so even an American? What's that, Mr. Blocker? I understood that although you've long suspected that Poe lived in that house, you, I, I mean the Poe Society, didn't have any proof. Well, since we read this story in the newspaper last summer, that you were planning on tearing down all the houses in the Poppleton neighborhood, we went to the city and archives... And the Maryland Historical Society... And the Maryland Historical Society, and we have proof. Your office has had the proof that Poe lived there with his family. We all have our pet projects, but our hands are tied, Miss Sullivan. The houses, the whole block on Amity Street is set for demolition this week. Did you say that Mr. Plunk is on vacation, Mr. Smith? How many vacations can a man... Look, can we just meet with the mayor himself? Well, I appreciate your passion, Miss Sullivan, but as a matter of fact, I'm late now for a meeting with Mayor Jackson. Muscadaddle, but I'll pass along to the mayor that we had a really invigorating meeting. This public housing project has been something of a passion with him, you know. Good day to you, Miss Sullivan. Good day to you, Mr. Anderson. Stella! Stella! Slow down! And calm down. No use letting that Irish temper of yours get the best of you. We'll figure something out. Those nitwits, I tell you, Ralphie, I could scream and punch their fat faces in. Calm down. So could I. And I'd hold that idiot down for you, the, the one that said, was Poe even an American? I'm sorry, Ralph, but this really gets me going. It makes my blood boil. We are so close. I thought we had it all lined up for the city to spare the demolition of the house, then give us the time we need to make some kind of deal to care for it. I mean... Make it available for people to visit. Make it a museum or something. Well, we've done everything we can. Everybody. All of us. This galvanized the group. Sullivan! I don't know what to say. We were so... Well, I'm not giving up. I'll think of something. Hey, isn't that that guy Smith from the Department of Planning? Yeah, what's he want? Miss Sullivan, 
I'm glad I cut it out with you. Listen, I apologize for not being able to pass this along in there, but there's still some details that need to be worked out. And it's important not to ruffle any feathers at this point, if you understand my meaning. Sure, Mr. Smith. I mean, what, what did you want to say? Well, we have every intention to incorporate the house into the new housing project that you've determined Edgar Allan Poe lived in. In fact, I've seen the new architect's drawings and he's changed his plans significantly. In fact, the new building that will surround your Poe house, architecturally, it mimics the old house's style. It blends perfectly, I think. Really? But there's a catch, isn't there? Yeah, there's always a catch. No, not really. Just some shenanigans that have to get work out to keep the mayor's detractors of this whole project happy. Politics as usual, I'm afraid. It seems that some people do not like the idea of subsidizing housing for the poor unless they're white. But you're saying that the Poe House will be saved from demolition this week. Is that what you're saying? Yes. In fact, the new complex of houses will be called the Poe Homes. I saw it on the blueprints. Well, so what's the problem? I can't get into that right now. I've got to get back inside. But if you want to save the Poe House, do this one thing, and I promise that by Friday, I will have the mayor fully on board with this plan. I promise. Depends. What do we have to do? Mr. Smith, I promise, and so does Ralphie. What do we need to do? Put a member of your group outside of the house all this week while the demolition crew is tearing the block apart. Stand guard, keep watch as it were. Sound crazy? But they can also help stop anybody from vandalizing or trespassing and causing any damage. The point is, although we've got the city to keep the Poe House and not tear it down, they won't put a nickel into it if any more damage that has already occurred. Can you do that? Not a problem whatsoever, Mr. Smith. We can easily do that. We'll stand guard. Great. At least until Friday. The deadline and all final approvals get signed this Friday, just three days from now. Take care, Miss Sullivan, and I'll be in touch. Okay, smarty pants. Now, who in the group can spend the week hanging out in a neighborhood that's being torn down and watch a nearly 100-year-old house that for three days straight has no electricity and no toilet? I'll figure it out, Ralph. We haven't come this far to give up now. My name is John Sullivan. I thought I'd step in about now and set a couple of things straight. This did happen to me, after all, and I wouldn't want you to hear it from anybody else especially somebody who wasn't there. Rumors. Everybody likes to yap about crap they don't know anything about. Experts on bullcrap, says I. Somebody who'd make stuff up and exaggerate just for the sake of spinning a yarn. And not that I have any proof of anything that I'm going to tell you about that week and about that awful night in particular during the fall of 38. And you know what? I don't really care if you believe me or not. A lot of years have gone by since that night. A lot of folks are dead now. So maybe I'll change some names around and all that. But even if Poe's house was demolished, blown to smithereens that night, it wouldn't matter in the end. Why? Because it wasn't his work that was ever in danger of disappearing. It was a place he lived, that's all. It's a whole lot more serious when you have to worry about an author's work being lost forever. Nobody reading it fascists who don't want you to read something. And yeah, not too long after this, I was in the army and helped kick Hitler's ass, the original book burner, but I'm, I'm getting off point. So anyway, I wasn't doing much with my life at the time of this story. I had some, um, well, 
had some ups and downs and was temporarily out of work. Uh, what is it you say nowadays? Um, yeah, I was, I was in between. Oh, hell, I had a little trouble with liquor and I got fired from my job at the Nyborg Printing Company. But anyway, I wasn't doing too much and had some time to kill. I'd been off the booze for a few months. No easy feat, mind you. It took some real willpower, lots of coffee and cigarettes, when I got a call from my sister Stella to come downtown and meet her for lunch. Now, my sister Stella, she's a go-getter and a fighting Irish if ever there was one. She was smart, smart as a whip, loved books, was reading all the time. I like to read as much as the next fella, I guess, but uh, I don't make a religion out of it like Sister Stella did. Her uh, little house in Hamilton was like a library now that I remember it. Books, floor to ceiling. I think she even had some poetry published on and off throughout her life. She was a school teacher over at Glenmount Elementary. Taught the little nose pickers until she retired around 60 or 61 or so. Anyway, she helped me a little during my trouble when I got fired. And here she was and I owed her a favor, a big favor. Who was I to say no to family? Am I right? You know I'm right. It turned out to be a pretty crackpot, cockeyed idea of a favor, but like I said, I had some time on my hands. So I met her at a little lunch counter over on the west side at Reed's Drugstore on Howard and Lexington. Stella, have I ever met your brother? No, you'd remember Johnny if you had. If you don't mind me asking, how come he's got the time to do this? He independently wealthy, so to speak? <laughs> no, far from it. Just the, oh, here he comes, better late than never. Hi, Johnny-o. Hey, sis, what do you say, what do you know? John Sullivan, meet Ralph Henderson. Ralph, my Good brother Good to John. know you, Ralphie. Likewise. Stella got you wrapped up into her little caper, too? Slow down, Johnny-o. <laughs> well, did you explain everything, John? Over the phone, but there is something I didn't mention. Are we eating? Sure, whatever you like. Really? Let's see. What looks good? What didn't you mention? Anything. Anything on the uh, menu. Oh, wait. Yeah, what what I did you eat. forget to tell Waitress. me? Waitress. Hiya, folks. What can I get you? I don't have a car anymore. Stella, are you, what do you want? Nothing for me. Suddenly. What do you mean you don't have a car anymore? I'll have a... a John, you ready? Hocked it for rent. Rent? You got egg salad today? Sure, rent. And if I'm going to stay out all night, I'll need a car. What about you, Ralphie? What? What Sorry. can I get you, hon? Hamburger sandwich and a cup of coffee, Sure thanks. thing. Up in the field. So, that's settled. I'll use Ralphie's car. And So, what's the whole Wait thing about? Wait a minute. I missed something. What about my car? What are you so doing? So, baby sister filled me in on the details, and by the time lunch was over, even Ralphie wasn't so worried about his car being in the hands of a complete stranger, but felt he was contributing to the cause. And I had agreed to be security guard for an old dilapidated house that Edgar Allan Poe once lived in, then the pay was nil, but Stella had promised to feed me dinner every night when I came by to pick up Ralph's car. And remember, I was paying back a great favor she had done for me. Poe began his writing career in that house. It's true. So you know, Baltimore really is more to Poe than just the place where he died. I can't thank you enough, Johnny. Well, I owe you. Don't mention it. Wasn't he born here? Nah, he was born in Boston. Have you ever read any of his stories? To tell you the truth, no. I mean, the raven, sure. Here. What's this? Just a little something to help you pass the next three Poe's nights. tales of mystery and imagination. Well, <laughs> I thought it might be a little more substantial than your usual diet of Shadow and Doc Savage magazines that you read when you do read anything other than the paper. Oh, I love the Shadow. Mm, thanks, sis. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow knows. <laughs> this is perfect for sitting in a dark neighborhood all night reading some weird horror stuff. That's good thinking, guaranteed to keep me up all night. Oh, you're a big boy, Johnny-o. 
You're not afraid of having a little nightmare, are you? Or that the ghosts will get you? You have been listening to The Haunting of the Poe House, a production of Poe Forevermore Radio Theater. Join us again very soon for part two of The Haunting of the Poe House. <laughs> Until then, take care. <laughs> From Redfield Arts Audio, available now worldwide on Audible. Jeffrey Combs, Nevermore, An Evening with Edgar Allan Poe. Written by Dennis Paoli. Directed by Stuart Gordon. Recorded before a live audience. You are here this evening, no doubt, to hear yours truly recite the most popular poem ever written upon these shores. <laughs> For many years, my, uh, my, my stories, my tales, more popular than my poetry. Magazines and readership just demanded. Oh, new tale, every issue. Oh, God, do you hear it? Louder, 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 louder. Villains, I shrieked. Dissemble no more, I admit the need. Tear up the planks. Here, here, it is the beating of his hideous heart. Available now from Audible and other fine audio retailers. My name is Elmira Valdemar. Yes, that Valdemar. Married to one of the richest men on the planet. I had been a jazz singer, this is a fact, and was working my way into the better clubs with the better bands when I met Ernest Valdemar. Yes, he was old enough to be my grandfather. Was I a gold digger? Were the accusations, the slander that was leveled at me justified? That's for you to decide. It is now rendered necessary that I give the facts in the case of Mr. Ernest Valdemar, as far as I comprehend them myself. Available now from Redfield Arts Audio. If you're brand new to the works and life of the great American storyteller and poet Edgar Allan Poe, this recording is for you. Sherwin Cody wrote this biography for beginners of the wonderful works and life of Poe as part of a series of books for young readers in 1899. I narrate the book, and I made some small revisions where needed, updating the manuscript for historical accuracy based on new information since the story of Edgar Allan Poe was originally published. Poems by Poe have been added to this spoken word edition that were not in the 1899 original. If you're just beginning your journey into the life and works of Edgar Allan Poe, this audio recording is perfect for you. 
If you're a seasoned Poe aficionado, then share and gift this spoken word recording of the story of Edgar Allan Poe with a young person just meeting Poe for the first time. The Story of Edgar Allan Poe by Sherwin Cody, adapted and narrated by me, with poems by Edgar Allan Poe. Available now from Audible and other fine audio retailers. This house is full of sounds. My name is Roderick Usher. The loudest is your heart. Who's there? Pounding with fear. The softest is the sound of horror. In this house, terror waits for you in every room. No, no, not through that door. Madness, mystery, imagination. You'll find them all in Edgar Allan Poe's Haunted House of Usher. Redfield Arts Audio. 